I'll say it again for the 169th time. This is the Improved Photography Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter offer code IMPROVE at checkout to get 10% off. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by Mr. Nick Page, who just got back from a whirlwind seven-hour photography trip, (laughs) and also a new voice on the podcast, Larissa Gobetz. Hi. Hey, Larissa. Well, Larissa, you're a new voice on the podcast. We're glad to have you. Uh, So it looks like you are doing a ton of different things in photography. You're shooting weddings and portraits and travel photography and sports. Tell us a little bit about yourself in a sentence or two. Um, I got into photography a couple of years ago. I'm, it's my second job, basically. I do a lot of event photography for a local magazine here in town, and I go out and shoot babies and weddings and travel, and if you name it, I will shoot it for you. Well, great. We're excited to have you on the show. Thank you. She will photograph it for you. She won't go out and shoot babies. You have a baby and she just shoots it, (laughs) right? Sometimes I would want to, but you know. (laughs) Um, Well, we got some questions coming in from listeners of Improved Photography this week. It's a very important week in the history of Improved Photography as we're going to launch quite a few new things for you that we're going to be talking about in the podcast. But we're going to go straight into questions. Uh, The first is from Zach Campbell. Uh, Zach is shooting a prom this weekend uh, and is basically wondering how we would organize, not not where to place the flash and stuff, but how do we keep track of the people and the photos and things like that? Nick, I know you've sh- you've shot a lot of events for schools. How do you do that? Uh, well, first of all, have a helper. So this past weekend, I just photographed an entire league of of uh, t-ball, little league, and pony league kids. We, and just on the first day, we had about eighty kids come through. So the logistics of keeping all of that straight it it can get uh, kind of difficult. So like when you shoot a prom or something. Uh, first of all, have a helper taking the money for you, have them put the name, their name down on a numbered list. That way, you know, like the first person you shot is this whoever person, you know, person number one. And then like, if just to, just to kind of help clarify things, have like a little whiteboard and have them hold up the whiteboard with their name on it. Take a quick picture of that. That way you can associate the face with the name and it lines up everything a little bit for you when you sit down to edit and you can be like, oh, this is this is George. Uh, I know what George looks like. And that'll help you kind of keep things straight because, you know, when you're doing sports, you're lucky enough to have a team number. You know, they, they have their number on their chest. They're not going to have that for prom. So uh, having a little whiteboard there for them to scribble their name on I can help a lot. Very cool. I would also recommend, if you're in the United States at least, uh, checking out Miller's. Uh, Miller's mm. does a, I mean, this is really what they specialize in. They are for professional photographers. And they have, if you download the Miller's Remote Suite Plus, uh, which is their ordering system that I yep. prefer 
a lot. It's a lot better than most of the Rose systems that you'll get from uh, from the other labs. Um, if you download that, you can also get their sports and events uh, or school uh, sections there, and they have tools there to help you with exactly this uh, to keep things organized. So. There are a lot of tools out there that can help you do this. In fact, in some cameras, uh, you can take, you know, take pictures of the QR codes and stuff to, to organize it. But a whiteboard is really going to do the exact same thing. Uh, it's really just however you want to do it. But I like your idea of Nick of have them take a picture holding whatever identifier they have. And then uh, you you can't mess it up because uh, exactly. once you mess it up, how are you going to unmess it up? You don't know the people in the pictures. It's It's going to be a nightmare to get rid of. But right. I will make a side note. This is a little uh, major annoyance of mine. If you're taking pictures of a, of a race, like a marathon, a triathlon, something like that, some an event like that, do not organize the photos by your bib number. So, you know, whenever anybody's in a race, they get a piece yes. of paper that they attach to their shirt or whatever. And mm -hmm. then the photographer will take pictures of all the runners and then, you know, will upload the pictures to a website or something like that so that you can, uh, you know, down, you buy the pictures of yourself running and looking like a hero or finishing a marathon, right? Well, if you organize the photos on your website by the bib number, which is the only way you could possibly possibly organize those photos because you don't know the people's names in there you will violate a patent it's crazy but this, i guess this is only uh, valid for those of you in the united states but there's a company that has patented the system of organizing photos by a bib number in a race and they have won lawsuits against companies that try to do race photography so basically they've got a corner on race photography period i don't know how else you could possibly shoot uh, this type of event except organizing it by bib number to give it back to the client uh, so i guess it's just a, a word of warning something that's insane that that even exists uh, but some photographers have been hit hard with this uh so do be careful if you're doing events like that isn't that crazy that's insane. that's interesting absolutely <laughs> insane I, i'm gonna i should write an article on on the website and give some more details on that uh, i remember seeing a story coming through a little while ago on that and it just just blows your mind that that could possibly be patented <laughs> something as simple as that now jim is it for any race at all because even when they do bicycles they have bib numbers too yeah i'm gonna have to look up the details of this i i, I would assume that it's the same um but I, let, let me look up the details of this uh this is going off a of memory from a while ago uh but i'm gonna look up some details and we'll we'll post some information on the website but give me a week because i have my head down i'm just uh <laughs> absolutely slammed right now uh working on improved photography plus uh, but but we'll we'll get that out to you guys now I do have something if he doesn't have a whiteboard or anything like that when I shoot my event photography it's like a newspaper you know sitting there writing down the number from the back of the camera and writing their names down next to it so if he wants to go the old-fashioned way that's a way that he can do it too. So you're writing your file number of the picture that you're taking and then yes. just having your one master list yes okay that works too very good all right. Um, the next question comes from Sung Ki Lee, uh, who said, Jim said not to use long exposure noise reduction as it speeds up your shooting at night. Why wouldn't you want to reduce the noise in your pictures using this technology? Great question. 
So long exposure noise reduction is a technology where I will take a picture. We'll say it's a 15 second exposure. You really are only using this for night photography. It's a 15 second exposure. Well, as you take that, that picture, I mean, it's electronics, your camera, right? And so there are electric signals going through the camera and that's what creates the noise in the picture. And what the camera is trying to do when it's trying to increase the ISO by brightening up the picture, but without that noise is it's trying to get the difference between those electric signals that are stray in there versus the actual uh, signal of that light coming in. That's the great problem of the ISO is that signal to noise ratio. Well, long exposure noise reduction says that if I take a picture and it has a piece of grain, a little piece of noise in one spot here, and then I, and then I take a completely black picture, uh, just totally empty, it doesn't even open the shutter for the second picture, if there's any noise on that second picture, that those uh, little bits of grain of noise from the second picture were probably in the same spot from the first picture. And so if I just take picture two that's completely dark or should be completely dark and and subtract it from picture one, in theory, we've got a, a much reduced level of noise in the picture. So practically how that works is I go into my camera's menu, almost every DSLR is going to have this. And you're going to have something called long exposure noise reduction. Um, and it's using this frame that's called dark frame subtraction. And it's going to, you'll take your 15 second picture and then your camera just won't do anything for 15 seconds. It'll just be locked up and you'll be like, hey, what's going on with my camera? It's busted. Uh, but it's, it's doing this dark frame subtraction. You'll never actually see that second picture, but it's taking it. And then, uh, and then it will give you your camera back after 15 seconds after your main exposure ends. Or if you were taking a 30 second exposure, 30 seconds after your first 30 second exposure ends. Anyway, that's probably clear as mud. Uh, but <laughs> why don't why don't we recommend using it? At least why don't I? Because you'll never see the difference from it unless you're actually using that software from Canon and Nikon. If you're taking your pictures and you're pumping them into Lightroom, waiting for dark frame subtraction did absolutely squat for you. Just did nothing. Do you guys ever use dark frame subtraction or, or <clears throat> long exposure so, noise reduction? I, I've never used it. And the, the reason I never used it is because I always assumed that it was one of those things that only got... Um, it, it only affected the JPEG version of your photos. If you're shooting in RAW, that wasn't going to really affect the photo because <clears throat> I, I did start off using it. I never saw a difference. I assumed that was why. But then somebody argued the point with me saying that it does affect the RAW version. Uh, but again, I've never seen I've, – I've never – honestly taking the time to do it because it does literally double your shooting time and when you're doing really long exposures like you know three minute long exposure that can get really old really fast but um i started off using it never saw a difference with it and then i just assumed that it was only affecting the jpegs which i shoot in raw so it wasn't really going to affect me anyways but um so yeah i don't I well, you're right. Yeah. Have. And I know you're using Lightroom like I am. And so you, yeah, you really won't see any difference at all. Now it does affect the raw file, 
but only if you're using that proprietary software that came with your camera. And frankly, none of us are. And so uh, that's why I recommend not using it is because uh, very, very few of us are, are actually going through that extra step of firing up the separate program and making your, your edits there. How much is it worth it if you do open it up? I'm not really sure. I'd like to do some more testing, but I'd have to install that software that I never use. <laughs> I yeah. used it once accidentally. I had it on my camera and I'm trying to take, you know, slow shutter pictures and it was taking so long. And I'm like, why is this taking so long? And at the end, I finally figured it out. But it took twice as long, obviously, for everything. And I wanted to move on to the next shot, but couldn't do anything with my camera. Yeah, you discover how much patience you have or don't have yes. when you have this enabled. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. And I have none. <laughs> Neither do I. Zach Campbell says he has a YN564 flash, which uh, I, I, I have lots of them. I love those flashes. Um, and he was taking senior photos, and the batteries were so hot that he couldn't even hold them in his hand. And he's wondering if this is a normal thing uh, or if something is wrong. Well, what I would say to this is I don't know if that's normal. I, I, I have def when I take the batteries out of my flash, any flash, it's hot, uh, so hot that I couldn't hold them on. I don't know if I would quite say that hot. Um, so there could maybe be something wrong with the flash, but the flashes are really pushing as fast as they can to get energy out. Mm -hmm. And if there's ba if there's energy to be sucked from the battery, if it's ready to fire the next frame, it's going to because they want them to be fast. You need to be your own regulator to some extent on that flash. Uh, the flashes absolutely will burn themselves up. <laughs> Any flash, even the Canon and Nikon ones, you can do this. Uh, if you are firing pop, 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 pop of full full power flashes you can burn your flash like literally burn a hole in the head of the flash or if you put a little transparency gel a colored gel on the front to color the flash it will literally melt it onto the flash that's happened to me several times before so i don't know if this is normal if this is an issue whatever i'm not really sure maybe it's an issue with the batteries even we, we really don't know yeah. um but what i will say is these things are meant to suck as much energy as as the battery will give them as fast as it will give it to them and so you kind of do have to be your own regulator on how fast you're going to shoot yeah, and this is really an issue if you're using like a lithium battery, those really fancy, expensive lithiums, because if you're using those, they recharge, they, they basically, um, they recharge much faster. And when you're firing it off, uh, they go until they die and then they just die rather than slowly petering out like most, most typical batteries do. And the problem with that is that they, because the recycle time is faster with your speed light, they can get much, much hotter. So if you're using it, I would be curious to know if these are a lithium or if they're just your standard rechargeable, um, but I suspect a lithium could definitely get much, much hotter just because uh, they kind of they hold their juice right up until they die. And then they're just out of juice and rather than your typical battery. They kind of slowly peters out and then, the you know, the recycle time gets longer and longer there at the end. So uh, lithium batteries are more susceptible to that, I would think. 
Well, we have a lot of new stuff coming out at Improved Photography. The first thing is I've been working a lot behind the scenes trying to get uh, writers hired uh, to write new content on improvedphotography.com. Uh, I'm writing as much as I can on there, but I wanted more information out there for you guys. I really want the website to be reliable for you so that every morning you can roll over in bed when you're trying to wake up looking at your cell phone. You can go to improvephotography.com and reliably every, at least every weekday, uh, there is something new for you there. And so um, I have brought on 16 new uh, columnists on improvephotography.com and so that we can get a new article to you at least every weekday and sometimes on on. A Saturday as well. Uh, so be checking back to, to improvephotography.com. We've had some great articles uh, published this week. I've been working uh, with the writers as they're getting through, getting their ideas and stuff and making sure each article is well worth your time. And we've had some really good articles on there. I love getting the different perspectives. Um, like this article uh, was written about the lens baby. See that Tracy wrote, I don't use the lens baby. I've tried them out and it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't, I, I it just wasn't my thing. I was like, but it doesn't, it, it's not sharp. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's the point. It's not sharp. And I, I, I just have a hard time adjusting to that, but a lot of people love them. And so the cool thing about uh, hearing from so many different photographers in these columns is you get all the ideas like that. Uh, so uh, be sure to check back on improvephotography.com. We have lots of new articles coming up every single day and we have a, a schedule of, of what's going out every day we have everything planned for more than a month out of all the articles that uh, are going to be coming so be sure to check for that and last week uh, I talked a lot about uh, about some things that I've been feeling uh, some discouragement and and uh, and how I wanted to proceed with it going forward and I really appreciate I got a a lot of very kind thank you notes uh, from people who uh, who listen to the podcast and and read the the website and were really kind to to take some time out of their day to uh, thank me for some of the things that I'm doing um, and to uh, encourage me to to keep going and I needed it thank you well. I have uh, taken some time off of social media and I have had my head down uh, working hard on uh, on Improve Photography Plus is what we're calling this new mentoring product. Here's the way it's going to work. There are two things you can choose from. One, you can get every product that Improved Photography has ever made and uh, and every product that Improved Photography will ever make in the future, the downloadable stuff. While your subscription is active, you get all of it. The fire hose. Missed the Lightroom steal from three years ago? We got it for you. Last year, the year before, uh, the Lightroom steals are all there. All of the classes uh, that we've done that are publishable, uh, some are just old information, and so I'm not going not going to put any of that junk on there. But anything that's, that's, uh, that's still valid at all, we have Photoshop 1, Photoshop 2, Photoshop Elements, Lightroom, uh, Photography Start, Lighting in a Flash, tons of different tutorials, Nick Pages, Sky Replacement Tutorial, 
uh, photography contracts. I mean, just so much stuff on there. If you were to buy it all separately, it would cost you $1,881. It's nuts. Because uh, we've been doing, I've been doing this for over five years now. And so there are a ton of resources on there. Uh, and I wanted to make them available to everybody. So for $19.95 a month, you can get everything and you're not locked into a contract. I really thought about that, about how that would work, but I just don't feel good about putting somebody's finances in a lurch. You don't know what's coming in the future. And so I just wanted to make it available uh, that you can cancel at any time. Uh, will some people get on there and download every everything right away and then cancel and kind of take advantage of it? Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, but I, I just don't feel good about kind of putting people into a long-term contract like that. And so uh, it's available. I hope that you'll support improved photography in this way. We need your support. Uh, hiring somebody to write an article every single day on the website is not cheap to do. Um, and all of the things we do on improved photography we're doing, uh, we now have all of our podcasts coming out in video, cost almost $20,000 to put together that this video system. And so we need your support to, to do what we're doing and to continue providing more things. So I hope you'll consider that. Outside Improved Photography Plus, we have our mentoring product. And Nick, I know you're you're going to be one of the mentors on Improved <clears throat> Photography. What what is it that you're looking forward to in doing that? I mean, you do the same thing as me. You're on social media all the time, working with hundreds, thousands of different photographers. What are you kind of looking for in, in your group, and what's it? What is it going to be like in those classes? Well, you know, the the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to really is that. Not everybody has the amount of hours that I do to dedicate to photography. You know, they, they get to spend their weekends doing photography and you can only take so much of a leap forward in that amount of time. And having a mentor that kind of, uh, you know, helps that be a very thoughtful leap forward can really make a huge difference just because, you know, you're, you're not spinning your wheels and working on things that are not really going to make a significant difference in your photography and, and an outside, uh, opinion on your work, uh, a lot of times just sheds light on things that you might've not really thought about before, you know, like you, you're obsessed about getting that new camera, but maybe working on your composition skills would be a, a much larger help to your photography or maybe learning to post-process in Photoshop and deal with dynamic range that way. That can be a huge deal. There's so many, there's so many different skill levels out there that, you know, at any of the other video sites, uh, it's hard to find the exact information you're looking for. And it's hard to cater to that huge variety of skill levels out there. But in doing it this way, you're going to have people that are getting help with how to shoot in manual to like advanced, you know, exposure blending using luminosity masks. Like you can get a whole range of different uh, mentoring and help this way because it's going to be so much more personalized. So I think it's really a pretty good deal. We're very excited to be a part of it. Uh, well, we're excited to have you. I, I, the, the thing that I am most excited for about it is, you know, when we do that, when I do the portfolio reviews, so you can get an, a portfolio review on improved photography, you send us in seven or 14 photos, and then we'll look at it and we record a, a 10 minute 
kind of feedback as if we were sitting next to you talking through each of the photos and some of the things we notice. Well, in that form, when you when you submit your portfolio, uh, it has a spot that you can ask any specific questions. It's almost never happened that the person uh, who asks a question uh, is asking questions about the thing that when I look at the portfolio is the thing that I would say, ooh, this is actually where I would spend most of your effort over the next next six months learning. Uh, you know, we, we get so sidetracked on so many little things that we're learning you know, somebody will be very concerned, you know, is this over-processed in, in my Lightroom uh, or, or whatever it is that they're concerned with, but I'll look at the photos and it's almost always something different. You know, I'll look at it and say, no, you, the post-processing is great. You're doing a good job there. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Where I would put the attention is in the compositions. Uh, you know, we don't have any foregrounds in, in most of these pictures. It's all backgrounds. And so let's work on that for the next six months. You know, it's, you don't know what you don't know sometimes, and yep. you can learn a million things from tutorials, which is great. I mean, in Improved Photography Plus, there are 195 video <laughs> tutorials all in you, uh, in there. I mean, if you want to binge watch photography tutorials, don't worry, that's taken care of for you. But the mentoring is about lots more than that. It's about actual working. And if you get feeling like I have been, uh, that the wheel of discouragement has kind of landed on you for a while and you're just a little bit down, it's been six weeks since you've really pulled out the camera and tried anything different, then that's an awesome place for this to happen. We're gonna be doing photo challenges and we'll be able to notice, hey, you know, you've been kind of doing the same photos for for a little while. Let me give you a, a personal assignment when you have the time to do it, uh, to work on some new technique or a weekend project to kind of get you jump started again. You need somebody in your corner to kind of help you. It's not for everybody. It's an expensive product. It's going to be $97 per month going forward, but we're starting out at $79 per month uh, to to get the mentoring program kicked off. Uh, if you get started now, you're gonna be grandfathered into that price as the, the price increase will come in the future. Uh, but $79 and you'll be working personally, one-on-one -on -one, uh, with me or Nick or Erica or Brian or Majid, you can pick your mentor and get working. Now, I am very confident that the mentoring will sell out. Uh, I said on the last podcast, it was April 10th, I should have consulted a calendar. It is April 11th that this is going to be all released and you'll find it at improvephotographyplus.com. Improvephotographyplus.com. Or just go to Improve Photography and we'll have links over there on the launch day. A couple changes that will be happening you're going to find the podcast hosts a lot less on those Facebook groups so that we can really spend our time uh, with mm. people who are dedicated uh, to learning their craft and, and really want to dedicate some time uh, to doing that. You can cancel any time on the mentoring product, uh, but we ask you if you would just don't get in the mentoring product unless you're really dedicated to spending a, a year in there. You can cancel at any time. I don't want to put anybody's finances finances in a, in a crunch, anything like that. Uh, but if you can commit to yourself to, to spending some real time in there, we want to get to know you and help you over a real time. It is going to sell out. So get on the on the wait list for those, for those mentoring openings. And then we'll email you as more are made available. But they will go to those who have signed up for Improved Photography Plus first. And also our workshops, the free workshop series that we do, those are going first to Improved Photography Plus members. If they don't fill up, then they'll go out to the community at large. But we 
need your support. We're doing a ton of free content for the members of the community, and we just can't do it uh, without your support. And so this is this is how you can support improved photography. So that's uh, some more information on improved photography. Plus, I uh, hope you'll really take a, a look at checking it out. I am working like crazy to make it beautiful and seamless and something that's actually truly valuable. There are a ton of websites that you can just go watch random video tutorials. And believe me, there's a lot of video content in there. But this has a lot more than that. I mean, hundreds of Lightroom presets and contracts and, and all kinds of stuff in there. So go check it out. All right. Well, we want to get a, get into some, some more topics that we have to talk about today. Nick, you've been out shooting this week. Mm -hmm. And Larissa, you are wanting to talk about image competitions, which is interesting. We haven't talked about that very much. But before we do that, we want to take a second and thank Squarespace for supporting this episode of the Improve Photography podcast. Squarespace has been a great sponsor of Improve Photography. They've been working with us for a long time, uh, the longest running advertiser on the website. And I love Squarespace because they have been so good as a company to me. I, I like when we can advertise products that I'm actually using. And Squarespace is one that I use almost every day. Uh, they host my, my personal photography portfolio and they make it really easy to sell your photography, to add pictures to your photography uh, portfolio website and make them look big. That's one thing that drives me nuts uh, with, with the design of a photography portfolio. It's gotta have big pictures. I just, I think that it looks so much better. And I love the beautiful templates they have on Squarespace that, uh, that allow us, us to do that. You can sign up for uh, Squarespace at squarespace.com and make sure to use offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. And you'll be getting a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So a domain name is your actual web address. So uh, photographyidaho.com is my Squarespace website. That web address, that's your domain name. And you have to buy that separately, usually when you're getting a photography website. But Squarespace will pay, will pay to get that domain name for you if you sign up for a year. So go to squarespace.com and be sure to use offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off. And we thank Squarespace for their continuing support of improved photography. Well, Larissa, you wanted to talk about photography competitions. Uh, what kind of competitions have you entered and, and what are some things you've been noticing? Um, I actually just got back from Shutterfest and they had an image competition. And at first I was kind of like, I'm not sure I really want to enter. Is my, you know, are my photographs good enough? Um, but I decided to take the leap of faith and just go ahead and enter into the competitions. And we ended up sitting in on one of the judging's and watching the image competition for the landscapes and just not even my photo coming up, which it did come up, but just listening to the critiques that they had for, you know, the other photos and what things that a lot of us do wrong. Like my friend, she normally will overprocess her photos. So she wasn't thinking of that when she does, you know, the competitions. Well, she hasn't done any, but when she does her photos, she wasn't thinking of that. But just sitting there and watching and seeing what other people think and the differences that are in the photography and what you can do to change your photography, even if you're, you know, you haven't submitted. Um, it was my first time submitting into a competition. 
like that. I've we have a local photography club here and I've been in their show for the past three years. But just getting something different and a different way to look at what it is that you're doing. I thought it was very important and also to put yourself out there because, you know, I post most of my photography to my customers and my clients, but not necessarily my personal stuff on Facebook and things like that for everybody to see. So I think getting critique and constructive criticism is very important to help someone grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tough when you're putting yourself out there for the first time because, you know, it's an art form. And anytime that it's an art form, there's a little bit of you connected to that photo. And it, when somebody critiques you, it's it, it hits you right here sometimes. You know, it hits you in the chest. So uh, the, when you first start putting yourself out there, you feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But then you get used to it. And then you don't care what people think. You're like, well, this is my art, you know. So eventually you, you kind of grow a little bit callous to that. But when you first start putting your work out there, it can be it could be a scary thing for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people today was when the um, the scores for the images came out and just watching everybody on Facebook getting their scores was, you know, some people were very happy and some people were not. So and, you know, uh, I was going to say, I, I've had the chance to sit in uh, as a judge at uh, a couple of big photography conferences and and um Uh, one of the judging sessions, we just sat there and we verbally gave, uh, like we gave our score and then we explained our score and just sitting and listening to the other judges be so, uh, um, I don't know, analytical about what they like about a photo and what they don't like about a photo and just verbalizing it is, is a really good practice as far as like just listening to it, Mm -hmm. like getting to sit in on a session like that. It, it gives you a completely different way of looking at photography because most of us, we, we sit there and we numbly flip through photos on Facebook all day long or Instagram, and, but we don't really think about why we like what we like and why we don't like what we don't like. Right. And when you, when you sit in on one of these sessions and listen to other people talk about what they like about a photo or what they don't like about a photo, it really it helps your own photography because the next time you go out and shoot a little bit of that, um, analyticalness <laughs> seeps into your, yeah, I just invented, that was a Bushism. Um, I, <laughs> a little bit of that strategy, uh, seeps into your own photography, I think. So, um, it's a good practice to just sit there and analyze what you like about a photo and why you like that photo or what you don't like about this photo that you don't like. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And I also liked how the judges were able to change each other's minds sometimes, you know, when they were sitting there, okay, they had a score, they challenged it. And then they went into the details as to why it should go up or down. Mm -hmm. And then when they rescored, you know, sometimes it went down and sometimes it went up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that is cool. I, I love photography contests when they're done right. So often they're not done very well. Um, yep. And I, I, when, I say, when I say not well, I guess some of the things that, that turn me away from a photography contest is, number one, if you have to pay to enter, it's a red flag. It's a, not an absolute stop sign that you shouldn't enter if you have to pay. There are some good and reputable photography contests that you have to pay to enter, but generally, 
it's not. It's not a good sign if they want to take your money to enter into the contest. There are some huge contests out there that get a lot, thousands and thousands of entries. And they're charging, you know, $65 to enter. And one person is getting the prize. And you don't really even know who the judges are uh, if they're going to do a good job of, of, of selecting the winners. So do be very careful if you have to pay money to enter a photography contest. There are lots of free ones and reputable ones. So at least be careful uh, if you see that. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying uh, at least be careful if you if you see that. And the next thing is, uh, as you're as you're entering, be sure it's not a popularity contest. A lot of the the photography contests that are out there are really just trying to get traffic to the website. So your local newspaper, for example, will ha hold a photography contest and then they'll post all the photos on one single page and then who, whichever photographer can get the most of their friends to go onto there and click like is the yeah. winner. And it has no bearing whatsoever on the actual photo itself. Uh, and so it w ends up being kind of a colossal waste of time for the photographer and you don't really get that feedback on your photography that you're, which is probably the reason that you're in in the first place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Nick, you have been on a road trip doing some photography and just got back in your house. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what are some <laughs> things that, that you learned as, as you were shooting? Well, I learned that I'm tired. <laughs> so <laughs> I've a little bit of background here. Uh, I drove for seven hours today. I rolled in about a half hour before recording this podcast. So if Nick is not his normal chipper self. Now you know why. Yeah, just um, deal with it because he's doing his best, people. <laughs> yes, I'm a little bleary eyed. Um, so uh, basically, it's my son's spring break. I wanted to take him out on a trip. Every trip turns into a photography trip when you're Nick Page. So we we I kind of was letting my like, weather out. Yes, dictate son, where we're go. going to Disney World. <laughs> here's here's your camera. Now we can play. So so yeah. Isn't this so, better than a water slide? <laughs> so we started off chasing wildflowers in the Columbia River Gorge. And the weather was looking really promising, and then clouds rolled in right before sunset, killed it. And so we got no sunset, got no sunrise. And so I was like, okay, checking my weather apps. Oh, it looks like it's going to be good over on the Oregon coast. So we drive all the way to Lincoln City, Oregon. And uh, it, things were looking awesome. We were at a place called Devil's Punch Bowl, which is as ominous as it sounds. It's basically just this giant sea cave that you can walk inside of. And then at high tide, the water comes in and it, anything that's in there dies. So <clears throat> we went there. Great place. Take your six-year-old son. <laughs> and it was... Uh, it was looking really promising. It was partly cloudy. There was great gaps in the sky. It looked like there's a gap on the horizon. And then right at the end, there was that ominous uh, marine layer that hangs out on the Pacific Ocean and killed our sunset. And they got nothing. I mean, I got some. And with a little digital love, I probably could milk out some pretty good shots. But I didn't get the color that I was really hoping for. I didn't get that epic, you know, seascape photo that I was really, really hoping for. And so and then uh, we were there for a while. And then we drove back today. And I'm tired. So the moral of this story is, <laughs> is there's a huge benefit 
to shooting close to home. And the benefit is that you're, you're going out when the light is good. And, you know, a good composition with amazing light is going to beat a great composition with flat, terrible light every time. It's all about the light. It's all about that light. So um, some of my best shots so far this spring have just been within like a 15-mile radius of my place, of my house here, because when the light is good, I'm going out and I'm getting photos. When a storm rolls through, I'm on it. But if you're going on these really long road trips and you're planning them ahead of time, uh, it's so hard to chase the weather around because if the weather is not cooperating, you're just not going to get anything. So there's a huge benefit to shooting close to home and just going out when the weather is rocking it. And when the light is really good rather than going on really long road trips and just hoping because I get so many more photos from going out when the light is good close to home rather than, you know, chasing, chasing a dream and driving halfway across the Pacific Northwest. So <laughs> I think this was more of a, a venting, like a rant, a purging of my sad soul than it was actually a, a five minute. Hey, uh, your soul info. has been purged and we're all better it for it. But, yeah. I will yeah, but say you know, been... he just ruined my summer vacation because we were planning <laughs> on driving out west and going up the south, up the west coast for our vacation. I'm sure it'll be different for you. Uh-huh. It'll, be <laughs> it'll be blue skies every single day and you won't get any epic light probably. But that's the thing is like with these long road trips that you plan and you, you really plan on and it's all about photography, like you have to be willing to chase the weather rather than your, you know, Google Maps, like mm-hmm. your your planned route because if you you can't plan for a good light. You just can't. You have to be able to be flexible and just kind of go where it's going to look good. And even with that amount of flexibility, you can only drive so far in a day. And if it's just looking terrible everywhere, you're not going to get anything. And so if you're planning one of these big, long photo trips, have a plan B like like maybe Nick should have been a good dad and took his son to the aquarium or something rather than <laughs> throw him in the back seat and being like, shut up, you know, like dad's not happy because the light is terrible. And it, and it sucks too, because in the gorge, the flowers were amazing. You know, the sunflowers and the lupin or lupine were blooming and it's all looking so beautiful. And then it's just like flat and overcast and like, wow, this is going to be the best snapshot ever. Like I, I'm not going to get, anything that goes on 500 px today but <clears throat> that's just how it goes so you have to have a plan b if you're going on those road trips and you tend to get the best stuff when you're close to home because that's when you get the good light because you're going out when the light is good well on that's- tripod and if anybody's new to improve photography we have a number of of photography podcasts out there for you and tripod is our nature and landscape photography show that has me nick and majid Badazadigan on it and uh, we have been talking a lot about some apps on your phone that you can use to track the weather. Now, we're not just talking about like simple like, hey, Siri, what's the weather today? Uh, <laughs> and, and she says, it's going to be partly cloudy.
cloudy. We, I mean, a lot more detail than that. Nick, you recommended the app called Storm, and I have no, been. No, you you recommended Storm. <laughs> I recommended oh, no, no, Storm. my radar. That's what I yes. meant to say. I recommended Storm. You recommended my radar, yes. and I I was like, let's see if Nick knows anything. I'll try my radar. Uh, it's a lot better than Storm. Don't get Storm. Yes. My radar is awesome. It um, is good. It's a free app. And it has just a ton of detail. The cool thing about my radar is that it will show you, you know, like radar scan, like they used to in 1995 on the news when they'd be like, you know, they would always come up with different names for their weather system. Like, and now we'll go to Nick Page in the newsroom with the weather tracker 7200 (laughs) uh, Y2K. Um, Anyway, uh, it's like that where it'll like scan around and show you where the actual clouds are in the area where you are. And so you can say, oh, there aren't clouds right in here. But if I drive 45 minutes over to this other location, look, there are clouds. Uh, And so it's really interesting to get much, much more detail. And it makes Mm -hmm. planning your trip actually that much harder to plan in advance because now not not only do you need to find one good photography location you find that one location and then you try to find a couple others around it so that if the weather isn't perfect there you can go over to other areas trip planning is taking more and more of my time but it's worth it it gets you get so much better results if you're really spending the time and planning out your locations before you go i we've been messaging uh, on Facebook for our Iceland workshop that's coming up really soon um, yes, and is. trying to find all the best locations all on one map so that we can sit there and look at the weather and know in an instant where we need to go and not waste your time on a trip just saying, well, I don't know what to shoot. I don't see anything cool, <laughs> you know? Yep. So, yeah, that's always the difference between good photography and amazing photography is the weather. Yep. You know, you can you you can see a shot taken taken at a particular spot, Horseshoe Bend, and you can have the shot like I've got that well, I guess I've just got the stars, but you can have an ordinary shot there or you can have like a Mark Metternich shot that has lightning and rainbows and stuff and that the difference is that amazing weather that's happening. So just being able to see the path that the weather's going and completely let the weather dictate where you shoot and that can completely revolutionize your landscape photography because you'll be getting so much better shots shots with interest and drama and rainbows and unicorns and all that fun stuff so so can you tell my husband that when we go on vacation (laughs) yeah spouses and significant others they don't understand this at all they don't understand the panic that is trying to find a proper foreground when the weather is like rocking and like light is happening and you're like trying to find that foreground there's you've never seen a a stressed out photographer until you've seen nick page trying to find a foreground element or a (laughs) foreground object when you know there's light that's going to happen for five minutes and i've got to find it and i'm driving 70 miles an hour on a gravel road and telling my family to shut up <laughs> Been there. i feel like i feel bad for our spouses i feel like yeah. photography spouses should have to sign something before, <laughs> like just at least Liability to be warned about what it's going to be least. like before the wedding you know it's just not right yeah. um no i must say when we were in um italy and cinque terre there were you know 
up on the hills, there's a bunch of photographers up there taking pictures. Well, we were taking pictures up there and this woman was like kind of standing in my way and her hand kept getting in my shot. So when she moved, finally, I had my husband stand there instead so that nobody else could get in the way of my shot. Yeah, so he was guarding my camera and everything for me, making sure that I could get the perfect shot. It's like, if she steps back in here, give her a sharp elbow to the ribs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. Well, in every episode, we like to leave you with a doodad of the week. And my doodad this week is one that I got recommended to me from one of the listeners of Improved Photography. It is a Netflix video. Uh, Yes, that's right. Just sitting back on Netflix is going to improve your photography. It's called Finding Vivian Meyer. Uh, It's free if you have a Netflix account. And it's really, really cool. It's about a street photographer who was not famous at all uh, as she was taking pictures, took thousands and thousands of pictures. And then uh, someone bought a couple boxes of this photographer's slides at a at a auction, at a garage sale kind of thing, and uh, just bought them kind of on a whim. And looked at the slides and this photographer who was dead at this point uh, had taken some amazing photos so I don't love street photography and Larissa we were talking about this before we started recording I know you feel the same way like sometimes it's just kind of hard to appreciate it just feels like most street photography is just kind of like walking around a city and just getting a snapshot of anything weird going on and it's like it just doesn't feel like photography to me but these photos are awesome. I mean, she's amazing what she what she did, some of the photos. So check out Finding Vivian Meyer on Netflix. Pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I have to agree with Jim on that because I've seen it and it is, I was, you know, it was on HBO and I walked away from it because we had some place to go and I recorded it. And when we got back, I just started it from the beginning and watched it all over again. It's an amazing documentary. Awesome. So I guess mine is kind of related. I've been making my own documentaries lately, and I, <laughs> what an awesome transition, right? Um, so mine is the GoPro Hero Silver 4 or GoPro 4 Silver Hero, whatever it is. I got a GoPro, and I love it. Um, I've been using it to help me film some of my uh, tutorials in the field and stuff. It's kind of nice for that because of how handy and small it is. It's very easy. But it's also awesome just for like, you know, traveling with your family, going swimming with your kid, like taking it in the pool. You can have so much fun with your kids with it. It's a camera that you can actually trust your kids with. Put it in that little protective housing and they're not going to completely destroy it immediately. So it's kind of nice in that way. So GoPros are so much fun. And as a photographer, you can find all kinds of fun uses for them. The time lapse is so easy, but decent. Um, Video quality is really, really good. Um, So yeah, GoPro Hero 4 Silver. My doodad doesn't have anything to do with the guy's stuff. This one's for women (laughs) by themselves. No guys on this one. It's um, Joe Totes. It's actually a bag for women. There are many different styles. Since I shoot a lot of event photography, some of them are formal events. And going in there with my dare I say, ugly camera bag holding whatever it is that I need in there. My pen and paper is not conducive to all of it. So I went and got a Joe Totes bag and they're pretty and they hold a lot of stuff too and they come in different sizes and they're cheaper than some of the more expensive bags that you'll see out there. But mine holds up really good. It holds my D800 and my 70 to 200 and it's heavy 
but it hasn't broken or anything like that. It's good quality bag. Nice. Very cool. See, that's what I'm concerned with when I go out and shoot. I'm like, is, is my bag pretty, pretty enough? <laughs> Mine is. <laughs> That's great. We're and Larissa, thank you for being on the on the podcast. We it's been fun talking with you, and we're glad to have you here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Improve Photography Podcast. Plplease go check out improvephotographyplus.com. Uh, you'll find a lot there. I've been working to make the website as beautiful as possible for you, uh, so it won't be an ugly experience. There are two things you can choose from. One is the Improved Photography Plus membership that we hope all of you will be able to get. And then the mentoring that after you buy the Improved Photography Plus, you're, you're, an, you're a Plus member, then you can upgrade your membership to mentoring anytime you want uh, to work with the podcast hosts. That part, the mentoring, will probably sell out the first month. Don't worry. If there will be a wait list. You can click the wait list, and then we'll email the Improved Photography Plus members who have been on the wait list the longest uh, to get on as soon as there are openings. So check it out at improvephotographyplus.com. Thank you all for your support of Improved Photography. I'm grateful for all the nice notes that I got this week. It really helped to uh, give me a little bit of uh, much-needed boost. And we'll see you in another seven days.